Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. It's such a privilege to be here. I feel like this is home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just a yeah. good feeling when you meet people. And some of you I've talked to, and I feel like I've known you forever. And it's just, it's that like precious faith. Mm-hmm. You know, where you, you find out you have family that you, you know, I'm an oversharer too. Happens all the time. <laughs> you come, you meet people, and all of a sudden there's just something about them that does and knit your heart together and then there's something that's even deeper where you can see I mean where you can see prophetically where the Lord is going with a group of people and that's something that we've seen since the moment we got or actually since the moment we met you and dreamt about meeting you (laughs) is that there's something so profound on your life God is doing something so big on your life and then we come here and meet you guys and just feel the presence of the Lord and feel just the anticipation of heaven that is over this house and I just want to, yeah, I just want to encourage you that there's such a grace on you to grow so fast. There's things that people have contended for for years that you get in a moment, that you get in the presence of the Lord. There's breakthrough coming for you guys tonight. I mean, it's hounding you. It's, brother, I don't know if you guys know Keith Moore, but you know Keith Moore. He talks about the, bless, the blessing truck. You know, the blessing truck just backs up, and you hear the beep, 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 and the Lord just dumps. And when I see, I just see him dumping revelation on you. I see him absolutely taking something that you would have had to contend for, for a victory that you have to fight for, for healing, and for, I mean, I even just see in the spirit that there's um, just such a breakthrough on mental and emotional illness. Come on. Things that people have fought generationally, that there's just something on you when you get near, mm-hmm. when you walk through town, that you come near people and the, the thing that you are carrying that you didn't fight for, you just fell into grace. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just fell into grace. There are some things that you contend for. Every one of you know it. There's things that you contend for in your family, in your marriage, in your, you know, what you're going after. But then there's a thing where just a grace sits on a house because someone else went before you and went after the Lord. Mm-hmm. And someone who hasn't been born yet is going after it. I just love that and because of that you guys are walking you'll even leave tonight in a higher level of revelation of who the father is and who you are and what it's like to just lay back I mean almost you have a picture of a waterfall just laying back into a waterfall and it just gushing over you and that is the revelation of the goodness of God and how it's coming after you his goodness has a target Joe uh, Joey I just said Joey Joshua was talking about how um, some people get a target placed on them. And I just see there, there's a target on you for favor and for grace and for revelation. Favor, grace, and revelation. If you write that down, this is what's after me. Not necessarily what I'm after. I may or may not be, but what's after me is favor, grace, the grace of God, his ability to come up on you and do what you couldn't do five minutes ago. And revelation, when someone releases a word over you, or when some, if there's a word just released, grab it, yeah. you know. Yeah. But when that word is released and you begin to just let that word resonate, you know, do you know that there is a grace that settles on you for, for you to do what you couldn't do five minutes ago? That's mm-hmm. why pro- prophecy is, is not diagnostic. How many, how many people just know, just raise a hand, how many know that you kind of flow in a prophetic gifting? Praise the Lord. Thank you. Do you know we all are too? Every one of us, because the, the prophet, Jesus, 
has his home inside us. And prophecy is so much more than given this massive word, you're going to go out and take your word and move to Africa or China. Mm-hmm. It's taking, the, it's actually encouragement. It's releasing encouragement. And encouragement is lending courage. But it's more than you lending your courage. It's taking the courage of the kingdom. And it is placing it in the heart of the person you're talking to. And in that moment, they are able to go after and receive what they couldn't do a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. Go after encouraging one mm-hmm. another. Make yourself the biggest encourager you've ever mm-hmm. met. If you can just make that. In this room, there is nobody that's a bigger encourager yeah. than me. And go after people. And you'll watch the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit come alongside that encouragement. Mm-hmm. And your prophetic gifting will go through the roof. Because God absolutely wants people transformed by his goodness. And it comes through one of us. Mm-hmm. It comes through each of us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, amen. And we've asked uh, our boys to just check in their hearts. And um, I think, uh, who's first? Who's got something? Yeah. Just speaking on what my mom just said, I think we obviously want you to receive hope and healing. But even more than that, we want you guys to become ministers of hope and healing. I think that if you have a mouth to speak, if you have the ability to speak, you're you're meant to declare the words of God. If you have hands, then you're meant to lay your hands on the sick and watch them recover. And if you have feet, you're meant to carry the good news. And I remember my mom was speaking on uh, John 15 last night. And about the vine, and I, it's just so funny, um, you just never see a, a apple tree really, really trying to produce apples. Right. You know, it's not going, <laughs> just trying to get them all out there. <laughs> the, the thing is, the branches are connected to the tree, and the, uh, the branches of the vine are connected to the true vine. All we have to do is channel him. Yeah. All we have to do is sit and just cling to the vine, and fruit will come as a result of that. That's right. And yeah, yeah I, I just want to encourage you guys to step out, you know, to, to when you see someone be listening to what God has for them. If you see someone who's sick, go and lay hands on them and expect God to come through. Because if you have the same Holy Spirit that lives in him, that lives in him, that lives in her, and that same Holy Spirit, it's not different. It's just going to come out yeah. and uh, when you give the mm-hmm. room for it. Amen. Yeah, amen. That's great. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, um, I actually got a word for everyone. Um, yesterday, when Josh was uh, asking us if we had anything, just period, uh, I didn't get anything, but right after service, I did, and I got it for everyone, and it was off of what my mom said yesterday about, like, the ripple effect, and uh, so anyway, I saw all of you sitting down in front of a curtain, and curtains closed, and you don't know what's on the other side, and you're just sitting waiting, and then you hear a voice in your head that says, this was because of you, and then the curtain opens, and there's a bunch of angels with uh, swords and, like, the chest of demons standing on them. (laughs) And uh, he's saying, through the few people that you changed, they changed people who changed people who changed people. Yeah. And... Yeah, uh, you could, if you think, oh, that's just one person, he'll, he'll most likely get saved, and so you don't go for it. Mm-hmm. That one person could change 100 people. Yeah. But if you ignore it, he might not. Yeah. So you just got to go for it whenever yeah. you have the chance. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's so powerful. 
Jesse, let's let's just uh, allow you just to uh, make a declaration over this crowd, just concerning that revelation. God, we pray. I pray for uh, all these people that you just give them the courage and give them the wisdom to say the right thing, to do the right thing, to change lives that will change lives, and just give them the power and the understanding of you. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 No, no, okay. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There was the, the thing about hope. Did you want to? Not now? Later? Okay. Amen. All right. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. So some people are like, I don't know if I can lay hands on the, on the sick. But I, I, I haven't received healing myself. And uh, I think sometimes we disqualify ourselves from ministering to uh, the sick because there's still, we're still experiencing struggles ourselves. And we might even have been praying and standing for weeks or months or years and not seen breakthrough. But the first miracle in the Bible, do you know what the first miracle of the Bible is? Anybody know besides the front row here? <laughs> second row people, anyone in the second, third? A couple of people know? I'm going to tell you. The first healing miracle in the Bible was God opening the wombs up of Abimelech's kingdom. And Abraham was the one that had to pray for it. And remember Abraham, what was he believing God for? Sarah to have a child. And so here's Abraham who had never had a child, who was walking around all over the world, all over that part of the world, declaring I'm the father of nations with not a child in sight. Not only that, but his wife can't even have kids. And that's been going on for a couple decades, and now they're both old, past the age and then the Lord tells him, I need you to pray for Abimelech's kingdom, release healing. And, and he did. And God did the first healing miracle right there in that. And so, you know, the law of first mention, you ever heard of that? It just means something. The first time you see something in the word of God, it means something. And I, and I just believe there's grace being released in this service right now for people that even though you've struggled to receive yourself, there's grace for you to, to overcome and be confident and begin to step out and let God do what he wants to do. And he wants to do that through you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the one God wants to use. <laughs> Amen. Now, now just, uh, just tell yourself, I'm the one God wants to use. Amen. So listen, if I don't do the thing I'm supposed to do, Who's going to do it? Because if you're busy doing the thing you're supposed to do, we can't, do, we can't live two lives. And that's why your life counts. Your life counts because it's you. <laughs> and, you know, you might think some people are super special, but you know what makes people special? The thing that makes us the most special is that God loves us. That's what makes us so special. The thing that makes me special is that God loves me. The thing that gives me value is that God has put value on me. He has ascribed a value to me. In fact, the greatest value, he sent his son to die for me. 
Just think about that. Say that. Say, God sent his son to die for me. That's what gives us value. And, you know, the thing that determines the value of an object is the price that's paid for the object. Diamonds have value because of the price we're willing to pay for a diamond. Quartz looks almost the same, but has a totally different value. Right? Because quartz is common, but diamonds are uncommon. And the Lord calls you uncommon. He calls you, he thinks you're exquisite. He thinks you're unique. He thinks you're worth it. And here's the thing, when God called you valuable, when he called you worth it, when he reached out and called you exquisite, important, he's always right. He's always right. So God is right about what he said about you. (laughs) And those people outside, God's right about them too. And we've got to agree with God about them. Even Even if they believe different things than we believe. We have to realize that God has ascribed a value to them. And if we want to move in the flow of the Spirit's power then we have to agree with who's important. Even if they're a Republican, even if they're a Democrat. Yeah, we have to realize. And so we can't get stuck taking sides against people. We're we're actually kingdom people. And actually, our influence can't reach past our love. Our influence can't reach past our love. Who on the other side, whatever the other side is for you, who on the other side is going to listen to you when they know you hate them? How, and what's most important? Think about instead of them uh, winning or losing an argument, what if they received Christ? and he became Lord, then how would their value system change if Christ became Lord? So really, what's more important than anything is that Christ becomes Lord. Isn't that true? Now look in Isaiah 53. And I know we we read these first uh, eight verses, or seven verses, six. And, uh, you know, and... The first verse is, who has believed our report? And to whom has the hand of the Lord been revealed? And then it talks about Jesus, how he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. But look at this further because I want to encourage and strengthen the people in this room. And and I'm hoping a deposit is made that unravels insecurity before the presence of God. I want to see if, if through the truth of God's word, we can open a door for you to experience the Lord in a close and intimate way. Because it, in religion, we, we think that God is far away and he's hard to know and hard to please. And Jesus' mission was to go to the cross but Jesus's message was God is your dad 
God is Father. God is Abba. He's close. He, Jesus said things like this. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said things like this. If, if you believe me and believe my words, he said, I will come to you. My Father will make his abode in you. That's like a dwelling place forever. He, he wants to live in a temple not made with hands. In this temple. And he wants to commune with us. And he, wants to, uh, and he wants to touch us with his presence. And, you know, we are, we are uh, emotional, right? We are physical and we are spiritual. It, all those things are true. None of those things are wrong. None of those things are unimportant. In fact, since God made us that way, that means all of these things are divine. They're divinely ordered. Your emotional person should be connected to God. In other words, there should be times of great happiness and maybe even times of tears. Man, I have wept in the presence of God because I was so overwhelmed at his love for me. And I couldn't do anything else. Look at this. In Isaiah 53, uh, turn over to, uh, actually, we'll just skip. Well, we'll go to 53 and verse 10. Listen to this. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Literally, that means he has made him sick. That word grief is the Hebrew word for sickness, and it never means anything else except physical sickness in the Hebrew. There's no other way to translate it if you are a Hebrew speaker. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. Amen. Shout it. Shout it out. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now listen to this. In verse 5 in, in 54, For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife, when you were refused. Listen to that. Listen to the language. The Lord going after someone who is rejected, who is forsaken, who is cast aside. Rejected, forsaken, cast aside. I, I, I want to, just to cast maybe a little bit of vision of Papa God's heart right now for you and I. Like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God, for a mere moment I've forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. For with a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment. And it, the contrast here, you understand from, verse, from chapter 53, the contrast here is the cross. The contrast is the coming of Christ. So you're on the other side of the when, the other side of the cross. Now listen to this. Verse 9. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. Now everybody just stop. Let's consider that. This is like the waters of Noah. What's that have to do with it? Well, look at You remember the waters of Noah is where, that's when judgment came to the earth for sin, right? 
And he said, I've sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth. Remember the rainbow was God's promise that he would never judge the earth with a flood again? And has he? And will he? That's a promise, right? Now listen to this. So I have sworn, he's adding another promise. Now I know that this is going to kick over some religious donkeys. This, and this might even offend some people who have heard some teaching, but we want to take it real slow because sometimes a little bit of offense is just what you need. So I have sworn I would not be angry with you or rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of shalom, shalom be removed from you, says the Lord who has mercy on you. He said the whole rebuking and being angry and turning his face and putting distance between you and him, he says it's over. It's over. Can't happen as long as your sacrificial lamb lives. <laughs> if Jesus dies, then yeah, we've had it. But guess what? He is the ever-living one. You know what Jehovah means? Jehovah means the self-existent one who makes himself known. That's a compound word. The self-existent one. He exists of his own power. Jesus Christ exists of his own power. And he makes himself known. And he's making himself known in mercy, in kindness, in a covenant of peace. He is the one who picks up broken things and sees his finished result in the brokenness. He's the one that partners with you in the darkest place and begins to walk unashamed of your condition, unashamed of your baggage, unashamed of your sin, who begins to walk with you and call you brother, call you sister, call you daughter, call you son. When the whole world scoffs, he says, let the one without sin throw the first stone. When the world wants to judge, he's the one that says, I'll bring you back better than ever. When there's no forgiveness in the eyes of the church, there's empowerment and fresh future in the eyes of your father. Isn't that something? Think about that when we approach him, how sweet he is. How sweet he is. And it's funny how he touches you. We expect him to touch us in the big things, like missing hell is great. <laughs> how many of you are pretty happy about missing hell? When I first got born again, I realized that hell was real and I didn't have to go there. And for me, that was enough to have my service all my life. But Jesus comes also with a lot more content. <laughs> Doesn't he? Look at Hebrews 10. Flip over here to Hebrews chapter 10. 
Look what Jesus has done for us. I made mention of this this morning. This, this verse has just been uh, going over and over in my heart for weeks. In Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews is talking about the insufficiency of sacrifice, the unfinished business of sin, the need, even in the Old Testament covenant that brought the glory of God and all the miracles it brought, just the incompleteness of the covenant because the sacrifice of animals didn't have the ability to cleanse a person's conscience. Didn't have the ability to change a person's nature. There was no once and for all sacrifice in the Old Testament. And see, in the church, we have heard these things so much that we actually, we actually just mentally agree without even exploring the power of what we're agreeing with. So look at this. It says, every priest, verse 11, stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly. This is New King James. I'm sorry, back in the sound booth, I said I'll give you enough time, and then I just go right through it, which I always have done all my life. I'm sorry. I should make a better habit. Every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. Now, on the flip side, he must be talking about something that can take away sin. Because if we're bringing some kind of uh, um, focus on something that can never take away sin, then there must be something that can. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, forever what sins past present and future past present and future he makes one sacrifice for sin for see if it's if that's not the case then there's still a sacrifice left for your future sins i hope you don't sin in the future but what if what if What if you sin in the future? See, I know Jesus forgave me of my past sins, and I started out with a new slate. Thank you, Lord. But I really messed up, and now the chickens have come home to roost. <laughs> yeah, there you go. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice, see what I'm saying is we, we agree with this idea that the struggle in our life is actually has a place. It has a right to be there. We have these ideas and doctrines in the church like we open the door to the devil. We opened a door. He, he has a right to be here because I opened a door. He's a squatter. He has no right. He, he has no right to be anywhere, first of all, but especially where the, where the household of God is concerned. He has no right to you. In fact, you have been elevated to a position in Christ where your sin is none of his business. Come on. Oh, that is so good. 
You cannot give him a right. He will never have one. He's just a squatter. Tell him to hit the road. Before or after you deal with the sin, kick him out. See, your sin is really between you and your Savior. Should we sin? Of course not. That's silly. Isn't it? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know he's talking about you. Amen. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Now, why did he sit down? He sat down because he was finished. He sat down because the work was done. You hear talk thrown around in the body about the finished work of Christ. What is the finished work of Christ? Absolute redemption. Absolute redemption and the purchase price for freedom and liberty for every single person that would call upon the name of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says, he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be sozo, saved in every way from everything that the curse has brought on the earth, sickness, disease, death. But what about, what about this one? What about distance from Papa? I think that's the worst one of all of them. And you know, that's, that's the one we don't go after. Even Pentecostals, even spirit-filled, word of faith folks, man, we go after, a lot of times, we go after healing. We go after prosperity. We go after favor. We go after f- success. Which we should have all those things. Amen. But what about just going after intimacy with Papa? What about using the sacrifice of Jesus to get close to him? What about using our faith to just walk right up to him and say, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I want to spend time in your presence. I've got a right to your presence. I want your presence. I want more of you. I am so hungry and so thirsty. I can't go another day in this dry condition acting like I believe something that I've never experienced. I want to come in to your presence, Father. I want you to have me all tied up emotionally, spiritually, physically. I want to give you the whole thing. Come on and be, don't be a part of my life. Be the middle of it. Be the middle of it. Jesus, come to me. I want to be transformed by encounters with Jesus through his word and through his spirit. I want to be transformed and become more like him. I'm more concerned with that than anything else. And the thing is, is when I go for Jesus, I get the whole load. And I'm so excited because it's, he's not uh, having me fill out an application for how much of him I can have. Jesus filled it out already. The handwriting or requirements that was against me was nailed to his cross. <laughs> Isn't that nice? It kind of takes the drudgery out of it a little bit at least. I was going to read this verse. This man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Well, who's making, what is he, who's he waiting on? He's waiting until his enemies be made his footstool. What's he waiting on? Listen to this. Behold, I give you power 
over serpents and scorpions all the power of the devil. Go into all the world and preach this good news to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who doesn't believe, they'll burn in the devil's hell. Tough luck. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak in tongues. If they drink any deadly thing, it'll by no means hurt them. They'll take up serpents and scorpions. Bring out snakes. Guys, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, there's a level of understanding who you are in Christ that's a little deeper than, than we've really had the courage to believe. And it's not, for, it's not for guys who wrote a book or guys who got a TV show. It's for the body. It's, it's you. It's your kids. Your husband, your wife, your uncles, your aunts, nephews, nieces. The body has the most influence of any part of Christ. And listen to this. Papa God has influence. Think of what he can influence. Help me a little bit just by imagining this. What if he was everything he said he was? What if he could actually pull off the things he claims to be able to pull off? What if he could cause somebody to, to open a door for you to walk through? What if he could cause you to have a thought that made money a non-issue for your life? An idea that you could sell. I know there's someone from, from our church that dreamed up this uh, uh, new kind of angioplast thing for, for uh, I don't know what it is actually. It's a heart thing, <laughs> circulation. It helps, them, it helps people not die. <laughs> and he, he dreamed it up. And then he got some buddies together and they made it. And then they sold it for millions and millions and millions of dollars to some pharmaceutical company sitting around the board. I mean, a lot, like several, lots of millions. And then they asked him, how did you, how did you think of this? And, he's, and he already had the check, so he's like, well... I'll be honest with you, God gave it to me in a dream. And they're like, oh, God gave it to you in a dream. You don't believe that, but you just paid me $30 million for it. So, <laughs> what, if, what if the Lord would get involved in your life and, uh, and, and you would hear him talk? What if, he, what, if, what if he would speak direction to you? What if when he said, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not evil, plans to give you a future and a hope and expected end. And he said, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it or turn to the right or turn to the left. What if that's the relationship you had with the Papa God and you could always know that you're going to make the right decision? You could always know that he's behind you. You could always know that he's partnering with you. What if you could know that? What if you could know that no matter how bleak the situation, you know that God has, a, has an answer? You know, with him, there's no stress. There's just solutions. He's never stressed out. I've been stressed lots of times. But he just has solutions. He can see all the way around it. He can see the future. He can see every choice you can make. He can see the domino effect of that choice. 
And he's like, yeah, those choices are all okay, but this one, eh. <laughs> Don't do that. So you're like walking through life. What about this, Lord? It's quiet. Okay, I'll do it. You see the blessing. What about this? Seems good. I'll do it. What about this? Eh. Oh, no. <laughs> Any young people in here that want to have a good life? Any old people that wish you'd have made better decisions and, and uh, you don't know what to do about it? Same answer. Same answer. Get in close. Get in close. No fellowship, no hot tip. No fellowship, no hot tip. The answers, the answers come to those who ask questions. How do you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways? You just need to ask him questions. Will he answer you? He said he would. He said his eyes, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to your prayers. His eyes are on you. You said, well, you just don't know how unrighteous I am. Wait, hold on, hold on. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. Right? Because he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How many sins did Jesus commit in order for him to become sin? Zero sin. He committed no sin, yet he became sin. How many righteous acts do you have to commit to become righteous? None. Your righteous acts don't make you righteous. It's one act, and that's faith in Christ. Righteous means you have the ability to stand in the presence of God without guilt, inferiority, or consciousness of sin. He purchased that for you. Well, guess what? Guess what? Right believing causes right living. You'll be free faster when you believe that he has set you free. Rather than believe that someday when you're free, you'll be free. Just believe you're free now. No, I'm free of that. Cigarette smoking, I'm free of that. I don't need those. Yeah. Sorry, someone just, just thought about their cigarettes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I think I said enough about it. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.